mental d'acier J'essaie de rien, ni aux profs, ni aux proches Qui me disaient t'es bon à rien Ni aux radios, ni aux boss Qui me sortaient leur baratin Pense à tes poches, à tes mioches Fais nourrir dans ton refrain T'es du borné comme un gosse Pur, né comme un boss Je l'ai jamais l'affaire Ni le love, j'ai de la force Et pour ma mère, et sa carte de retrait à la poste Mon retrait de permis devant mes gosses La nuit au poste Les vicieux, les huissiers Les crédits chez les pissiers Les acédiques, les guichets Les chéquiers pas encaissés Avec les problèmes, on danse twist C'est triste comme Oliver Faire comme un pauvre, ça roule en charrette avec en joliveur L'hiver est joli, on enjolive, on ment aux petits On attend qu'ils dorment pour pas mettre nos soucis Pas d'oseille pour les cadeaux, le père Noël est fauché On se dit qu'on se rattrapera la île, Inch'Allah la date est cochée Et puis un jour ça se décante, t'as pas dévié ta route Tu dis ouf, les comme du Biggie, it's all good Allons-y. The red light, the red light. Lose, lose Rojo, lose Roja. All right, muchachos. It's episode 17 of the Lingaholics podcast, the people's podcast when it comes to languages, tips, tricks, and guests. Boys, we got a guest today. So we're pumped. Uh, Tio Sueco, tu amigo. So uh, Ian here, reporting from Lloydminster, Alberta, Cassie Sasky. Uh, here and yeah fun week uh, languages as always and uh, it's pod Sunday almost as big as football Sunday so here we are uh, let's check in with the fellas welcome to she Elbogen what's up bro <laughs> I'm good man um, yeah 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 I had a nice week um, again just working hard and trying to stay home as much as I can because we still have that second wave of COVID. So things aren't looking too good here in Alberta. I think uh, we're going to be in this situation for at least a month. So it's debatable whether or not uh, Christmas is going to be a thing, which sucks considering that I haven't been home for Christmas for three years. <laughs> so I was really looking forward to that, but um, I don't know. We'll see how things go. But um, yeah, other than that, I'm just plugging along, doing well. Um, now that we're, now that we're done doing that uh, highlight reel that took up most of my free time, I've been um, getting back into my Korean and it's been, been going pretty well yeah, so uh ian and i actually tried taking a class together but was, uh, we found out that i um since i'm not a dabbler i've advanced a lot more than him so i need to take my own separate classes <laughs> yeah man dude no your progress has been stellar so uh yeah no man that was uh it's fun to be in class for a day and uh mm -hmm. See the Palcom Chichi rocking it. Yeah, it's too bad though, because like it would have been really cool to like, actually take a class together. That would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Futuro. El futuro. Cody, so. you're a man of the Asian languages. All right, guys. Before before we dive into the to the nitty-gritty here, uh, I just want to uh -huh. say that um I just want to let the world know that to that right now we're blowing up on Instagram, like within the last 48 hours or so, we've, we've had almost 200 new followers. So we're posting, cool. we're posting some cool stuff there, mostly clips, highlights from, from, from the pod. 
So I just want to let the let the world know to to follow us on Instagram because because it's lit. Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, so, YouTube. So guys, I, I want to go ahead and uh, introduce our guest yes. for today, Nick yeah, from North Carolina, man. But I believe right now coming to us live from San Diego, California. Oh, but I'm assuming to be a um, a sunny California, no? Uh, Nick, I'm gonna. Yeah, nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, go ahead and let you introduce yourself, but I just wanna I just wanna say that you and I we met down in Costa Rica, and we both of us we oh. worked or volunteered for Mac, who is a previous oh, guest on the pod. Right. So we both know Mac really well. So when I came down to Costa Rica, as I said earlier on the episode with Mac, I didn't know Spanish. I just started off studying and speaking practicing spanish and nick was one of the guys who who spoke fluent spanish so he was he was also a very big um inspiration to me when i when i started off so it's it's nick it's great to have you on the pod man so with that being said i'm going to throw it over to you uh you want to just introduce yourself real quick yeah well i'll I'll say you definitely flatter me i i would not say i speak fluent spanish by any means but (laughs) sure you do Griffin, when i came in for this zoom call it's a, we definitely yeah. do. Um, yeah. But yeah, so should I talk a little bit about like my language experience or just like me and yeah, yeah, tell, yeah, sure. Yeah, tell man. us what languages you speak and and how you learned how, how you went about learning these languages. Okay. So yeah, I'm from North Carolina. Uh, kind of grew up there for the majority of my life. I'm actually Ukrainian, um, but Whoa. I don't speak. Ukrainian as like a primary language that's something that was kind of like hidden to me up until recently I've just now started recently exploring that side of me yeah um and it's very very primitive you know and speak like you know several words uh maybe 20 words but so so Nick I'm, I'm gonna pause it pause it there real, real quick so I intentionally withheld this information yeah what from Ian heck? because <laughs> Ian is Ukrainian as wow. well <laughs> Argus. Yeah, so there's that. Spanish, though, was kind of the first one that I discovered in high school. Didn't really get as, like, involved in, into it until college. And then, yeah, like Marcus said, we uh, we met in, you know, 2017, I think. No, 18. 18. Yeah. And then after that, my... Um, interest in spanish and then french as well both like really exploded and i was like man i really gotta like you know double down and like try to learn some of this stuff um and get get to a point where i can speak with native speakers regardless of which country that they're sorry about that regardless of which country they're from because you know after going to costa rica i realized that 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 spanish is like you know a little bit different than what i had heard you know obviously in schools and in uh you know the communities in North Carolina. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my journey so far. And so, so where exactly, where exactly North Carolina are you from? Raleigh? Uh, That's where I went to school, but closer to Charlotte is where I'm from. Okay. And, and you also ran varsity track in in college, right? Yeah. For, for Duke. Yeah. That's correct. Right. And, and, um, uh, so, so you took Spanish in, in college as well. You're an engineering major, but, but you minored in Spanish too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, minored in Spanish, um, like Spanish, uh, language studies, and then also took French for the last year 
Uh, so I took two, just two courses in French. Just for fun, um, right? Yeah, just for fun. And I really, really enjoyed that. And that's kind of, that's really where my, you know, fundamental French knowledge is. Okay. And okay. Studying. So right now you're, you're working in an engineering job in, in Southern California, correct? Um, so, so you're, I know you're focused on developing your engineering career. I myself am trying to, to develop my engineering career. I just happen to be right now in Barcelona developing my engineering <laughs> career in Spanish, mostly a little bit of Catalan as well, but mostly Spanish. Uh, but, but how, what I want to ask you is how do you, um, how are you able to incorporate or how are you still trying, how are you still able to develop your language languages while trying to to get your engineering career going yeah it's uh definitely difficult you know that's one thing you kind of take for granted in school is having everybody you know in one area like all these cultures kind of you know put thrown together into a melting pot and so you're able to take you know all these classes these spanish these french classes and you don't have that luxury obviously when you when you leave from college um unless you want to set up some sort of virtual meetup or anything like that. Uh, so I've had a little bit of trouble, I'll admit, like trying to you know maintain the French, but Spanish hasn't been difficult here because San Diego is so close to yeah, Mexico yeah. and there's so Perfect many spot. here. Yeah. So it's been, I honestly, I work at a grocery store as one of my like part-time jobs and there's so many like Spanish speakers that come in there. <laughs> oh, <man. Chicanos. laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it's it's wow, fun, yeah. honestly. So, so, so do you, do you get like the Mexican Spanish then? I would assume. Yeah, in Mexican Spanish, and I actually visited Mexico for the first time in um or two weeks ago, I think. Oh. And so fun, you know. It's just the the atmosphere. Tijuana. Tijuana, yeah. Uh -huh. And it was um the the vibe is really cool. It's it's a very free, very loud. You know, people just yelling, but it's so like you know. They're laughing. I, I I've never heard people laugh like that. So loud and so casual, you know. Pinch Americanos. Was it? Were the streets pretty packed in Tijuana? Yeah, I would say the streets were pretty packed, but I I haven't yeah. seen it you know, any other time. So it was a Tuesday. Okay. okay. So. Yeah, our our buddy. We have a good buddy. He's my roommate right now, Alejandro. And he always talks how he's when he sees like a North American, like a Canadian city empty, it just blows his mind because in Mexico he's like, this would never happen. They're always they're always full of people <laughs> like out in the calle. Uh huh. Ah, word, man. So you're able to crawl, go back and forth during times of COVID. Yeah, the border. Was, uh, yeah, you just had to get this, and this is a slightly funny story. I don't know if this was um, a legit thing. But they're like, when I arrived with my two friends, they're like, you have to purchase this six month visa just to go once. And I was like, that sounds a little fishy because it's cash only. So we paid like 30 bucks each for this like piece of paper. But um, I don't know. They said I can go now for six months. So I didn't question it. <laughs> huh. At the border? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, at the, um, the little, you know, customs yeah. section. Yeah. Yeah. So what about like restrictions and stuff in Mexico? How does that, do you have to wear a mask, for example? Yeah, I mean, we were wearing masks, but it, it's very, it seems very lax. You know, it's no, I don't know. Like the atmosphere is different as soon as you get across the border, but it's not very, 
dissimilar from California. It still feels like California, you know, with that kind of, there's still the palm tree look. There's still like the, you know, very kind of light mood. So really? I don't know. Hmm. I, I, sorry to interrupt. I just, um, I, uh, I've, I've actually been to both San Diego and Tijuana. I went on, uh, I went on a vacation there with my family when I was like, Oh God, probably 18 or 19. I was pretty young. I didn't speak any Spanish at the time though. So I was like, I didn't, I actually, I didn't speak any, I don't think I spoke any, I spoke like a little bit of German, but that was it. Um, but we went to San Diego and then we took a day trip to Tijuana and I, I got a really different feeling from Tijuana. Like that was, I, I definitely felt like I was not in the United States anymore. Oh, yeah. Something also that I wanted to, to comment on was that um, when we, when we went into Tijuana, it took us like maybe like five, 10 minutes to get in. It took us three hours to get out. So I want to ask, do you oh. have a similar experience every time you go to Tijuana? No, I, I haven't. Um... Yeah, maybe maybe I've been really lucky. So what what happened with that? How are you? You were detained or <laughs> no? No, no. It was just that yeah, many cringe, people cringe. were just trying to leave. So I I went. Uh, when did you when did you start going to Tijuana? Two weeks Literally, ago. Right? Two time. weeks ago. Yeah. Oh oh. Just went. Just went. Oh, okay. So um, I went. This was back in like 2011. So this is almost a decade ago. So maybe things have changed. But um, I mean, yeah, like when I went to 2011, um, it was very easy to get in. But there were there were lots of people trying to get out. And we asked. And apparently that's that was normal at the time. Like it just took a really long time to get out of Tijuana. So Cody, I think I think it's not necessarily the flux of people. That's the problem. I think it's the amount of time it takes to process each person going through the border. Oh, right? maybe because going to Mexico, it's like stamping your passport yeah. right that way. Coming back to Los Estados, where are the drugs, dude? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, and yeah, we saw the difference. Too. Like, we saw all the all the American border guards with their M4 carbines, like with their uh, German shepherds, like searching all the cars and stuff like that. Exactly. And exactly. another thing that I found really interesting was that like. People were trying to, they had like shops set up along the board, along the way to the border. And they also, there were, pe there were people like set up on the freeway, just like knocking on your window, like trying to sell you stuff. Yeah, it's a wild yeah. country, man. It's a wild land down there south of the border. But Nick, Nick, I wanted to ask you, have you, have you learned any Mexican jargon? Um, not recently. Yeah, I mean, I. The only one, okay, so I've heard of, you know, people call each other way, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cabron, Cabron is super casual for like, Cabron. you know, like uh, colloquial talk. You told me one one time, like Che. I haven't heard anybody use that before, but che? I, I remember you said that. I think you said, or yeah. Ches, something like that. Che. It's like something that means. I don't know, cool. man. <laughs> oh, Chevre, but that, that's, that's, it, um, that's like Colombian, so Venezuelan. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's 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 a little bit different. But okay. um, yo, last night, just one moment, I was watching the that Clint Eastwood movie, The Mule, on uh, Netflix. Came out where he's running drugs from Texas to Illinois, and the opening scene when he still like has his job as a uh, horticulturist, 
in Illinois. He's got two Mexico, two Mexicans working for him. And like the first lines they say the clinics for the movie is like, no mama's way. <laughs> I was like, yes. yeah i've been i've been getting really into mexican mexican culture recently i'm trying so since i'm in spain right now i'm trying to acquire the the castellano the like the very formal spanish you know with the with the fe uh right so so i've been working on that obviously but then at the same time i can't help myself because i love mexico the mexican accent is by far my favorite Spanish accent out of all the accents. All the I think it's countries. one of the easiest ones to pick up on too, to be honest. Say it again. I think it's one of the easiest ones to pick up on as well. Well, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I, in terms of like, which ones are the, have like the, the, the most characteristic, the most character, it's definitely the, the Mexican Spanish mm-hmm. and the, the Spanish Spanish, in my opinion. Maybe the Argentinian Spanish as well. I think that the, the easiest one, in my opinion, is probably like the Colombian Spanish because it's very, it's slow. Um, it's it's kind of like it has this melody to it. It's kind of easy to follow along to. And they don't use too much jargon, even though there's a lot of jargon. And then obviously the Argentinian Spanish, it's essentially, that's very unique <laughs> to say the yeah. least. But, but. Say- I would yeah, say keep going. Colombian Spanish is more popular than Argentinian Spanish. You say Colombian, yeah, for sure. But in terms, in terms of like, um, in terms of like character and like uniqueness, I'd say like European, like Castellano, European Spanish is probably the most unique. No, probably, probably right. And yeah. then I'd say Mexican. No, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. See, next because because it's so influ- the Mexican language is so influenced by Mexican culture, in my opinion. I don't know. I've been listening. Um, our friend AJ, who's from Mexicali, Mexico, mm-hmm. he showed me this podcast last week. It's called Creativo, uh, by this guy called Roberto Martinez, and I've been listening to it nonstop. <laughs> last week, nonstop, man. It's yeah, so man. good. It's like a Joe Rogan. Of Mexico. In Mexico. Oh, that's funny. I like that. It's so good. <laughs> it's super, super good. So I'm like automatically picking up a bunch of Mexican jargon. So Nick, do you have I a like. preference of Spanish? Like Mexican Spanish or does the other one interest you more? Well, okay. So far, so I, I've been to Costa Rica and Dominican Republic. So I've been oh. exposed to two. Okay. Um, and then I've had teach or professors in college from from Spain and then uh ones that emulated Spanish accents and then I think I've had one from like Venezuela or something but uh-huh. I've heard like a decent amount of you know the variety sound, Spanish sounds yeah but uh if my favorite ones are always the softer ones like the harsh sounds to me like are the Spanish and then you know Probably, like you said, that really Southern, South American. <laughs> Argentina. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What about Chilean? Yeah, Chilean. Chilean man. Um, so me, the softer sounds, I'd probably hear those in Central America. I, I like that Spanish. It's a little more laid back. It's kind of chill, like that Caribbean Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Did you? So when you went to the Dominican, did you speak Spanish? Yeah, I just went oh, and. Okay. Just, and uh, yeah, it's very, to uh, Dominican Republic. 
Yeah, but when? In uh, July. Oh, okay. Even this July. Yeah. When, oh, how yeah. was that with COVID? It was interesting. There was a curfew. I hadn't seen a curfew. <laughs> Look at the many- Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, at 7 p.m. You weren't supposed to be outside. So they take it very seriously. Um, yeah. But it's really but interesting. Nick, Nick, isn't that what you guys have in California now? I don't know if there is an official. We have some sort of, it's called purple restriction, you know, purple mode or something. Everybody's making fun of it. <laughs> but there is um, a new set of shutdowns. I don't know if there's any sort of curfew. Uh, but I just read on the New York Times that California is implementing a curfew from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. Oh wow! Yeah, I had I had no I know that the that's ball- a, that that might be super fresh. Like I just read it 10 minutes before the pod. I believe it. Yeah, but that's it. what we have here in Spain. You can't go outside after 10. Oh wow! It's weird, man. Weird times. But <laughs> but uh, but it's Yo, this is always the Dominican though. The Dominican. Yeah. Okay. Curious. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, how is it different there? Culturally, people wise, it's uh, like it's Caribbean, right? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine take Jamaican English and imagine that ring onto Spanish. Uh Uh, The kind of laziness and the drag that you hear in the English from like a Jamaican accent—that's literally how it is in Spanish. So it's Uh, it's really cool. Um, it's a bit hard to understand at first, but. I stayed there for a week and by the end I could finally kind of, you know, take it in and I can't talk like that, but I could at least, you know, understand it. And yeah. I'm just trying to imagine how that would sound. I I don't think I'd be able to imitate that. So the the Dominican is close. It's close to the Cuban, in my uh opinion, I think. So they, they drop the S's at the end of the words, all the consonants at the end of the words, just drop them. Yeah. I, so that, that's definitely in Puerto Rico. Um, I know they say like como esta, but uh-huh. I, I didn't hear that too much in um, Dominican. One thing they call it Dominicana, like they don't even say a Republico de Dominicana. They just like right. all themselves. Yeah, but, that's too long. Um, if I had to try to read it, it would be kind of like so they they're always saying like, "Hey man, it's cool," and then imagine saying that in Spanish. So it's like, "Amigo, está bien," you know. It's very like drab. <sighs> And like uh-huh. it's very like chill, you know. It's like yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice sound to me. Where where'd you go, Punta Cana? Uh, I went to Punta Cana. I did go to um, well, I started in the uh, capital, which I'm already blanking on the the name. Santo Domingo. Santo yeah, Domingo. Nice. Went up to Santiago de los Caballeros and literally did a big circle. Then went to Punta Cana and then back around. Yeah, the the what's it called? Isla de Hispaniola? The island? Yeah. That they yeah, share with that, Haiti? Yeah. Uh-huh. That's it's Isla de Is, Isla Hispaniola, no? I think that's the technical name for the entire I island. I think that's that that's a weird place, man. That's a weird place because you have the Dominican Republic on one uh-huh. side, which is like this this tourist mecca, right? Uh-huh. Just filled with gringos. <laughs> essentially and german tourists i have a funny story of german tourists from the Deutsch? Day, by the way yeah oh. and then on the other side you arguably have the poorest country in it all is, of the americas it is the poorest country in the americas it's nicaragua is second poorest yeah oh it is yeah haiti um, uh which is really interesting it's, it's just an interesting dichotomy i guess yeah. contrast also, right 
interesting that they speak French in Haiti and not Spanish. French colony, right? French, French colony. colony, man. The French yeah. screwed it up. That's something yeah. interesting what you guys just mentioned. So one thing I noticed about Dominicans especially is that they are very, very like lingual in general. They can speak four languages, a lot of them. Oh, really? It, especially the Haitians that are there. If, if you're Haitian, oh, yeah, Dominican, yeah. You're not, you definitely speak four languages. What's you, the fourth? If you, if you, okay, if you speak English, you'll speak four. Because you uh -huh. definitely speak Spanish, you definitely speak Creole and French. Yeah. And then English is like the, the one that's going to be a maybe. But yeah. a lot of them do speak four. It's really crazy. It's so yeah, common. Because Creole is its own language, I would argue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. It's, it has the French uh, mixture with it, but it's arguably its own language. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. If you're a Haitian migrant worker in Dominican Republic and you're in, in all those environments, that totally makes sense. Yeah, it's so cool. Here, let's switch yeah. focus a bit here. Alors, uh, dis-nous de ton français, mec. <laughs> Tell us about your French, man. Okay, uh, mon français, c'est bon, mais oui. uh, je n'ai pratiqué mon français uh, de mai, <laughs> de mois. <laughs> yeah. Pas de problème. Uh, Pas de problème. Hey, 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 garçons, garçons, je pratique, je étudie, étudie, je étudie français tous les jours aujourd'hui, tous les jours. Oui, oui, bien sûr. Oui, c'est vrai, c'est vrai, tous les jours. C'est le temps d'améliorer mon français. Oui, oui, c'est le temps. Parce que mon espagnol maintenant est assez très bien, très bien, très très. Comment comment se dit ça? Está elevado, está bien. Avancé. C'est ça très avancé. Mais maintenant, il faut pratiquer plus de français. Bien sûr, bien sûr, mec. So so guys, I'm actually I actually went ahead and and booked a couple italki classes. En français? En 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 français. Next next week. So, Nick, do you know italki? No, no, I haven't heard that. Oh, this is a game changer for you, bud. This is a game changer. So, italki, it's an online platform where teachers can offer, they can solicit their services, right? Any teacher. It doesn't have to be a professional teacher. It could be a community teacher as well. So, it's, it's, it's an online platform where the students can find teachers that matches students with teachers and you can um, essentially take classes from anybody, right? So right now I'm taking classes with, with my tío Gonza from Madrid and in Castellano, but I'm going to start taking classes now in French as well with, with his friend actually that was recommended to me who, who is from France, but lives in Madrid. Wow. Right. So, so, and, and it's very affordable. It's very affordable. It's like 10 to $15 an hour only which is very affordable for for a one-on-one -on -one, um private class but the good thing about italki the good thing about doing this because initially i was very apprehensive towards paying someone to talk to me that really? that seemed very yeah i was very apprehensive towards it. and I'll, I'll explain it it just seemed ridiculous like if i shouldn't have to pay someone to talk to me like that just fundamentally Yes, but it's I, I didn't I don't like tutoring. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it. I have this attitude <laughs> that I'm able to figure it out myself uh, or find yeah, someone yeah. Um, organically Boy, to talk to. Right, right. Uh -huh. But but I've changed my mind on this, and I can and I can explain why. 
when I have my italki classes, it's very good to have someone that's because you pay them. It's really good to pay them because then they're automatically engaged, right? Because it's they're providing like a commodity. So they're very, they're very, they're very engaged. They're very willing. They're there. They're very willing to help you learn. So, uh, so basically how it works is that you have a, a discussion back and forth, right? And every time you make a mistake, they're not afraid. They're not afraid to stop you and correct you. Meanwhile, if you're talking to a friend, they're not going to stop and correct you. That's not going to happen. That's never going to happen. But it's very good to have like a, a tutor, a coach that's willing to, to stop you and say, hey, Marcus, like there's a, there's, there's a better way of saying that. Like you have to use the subjunctive now or, or, or lo que sea. There, there, there's a better word to express the way that what you're trying to describe, for example. Like that is very valuable. And to get that service for only $10, $15 an hour is a bargain for sure. So I can highly recommend uh, signing up for this. And the good thing about it as well is that there's so many different tutors. So if you don't like one, you can just switch. Yeah, or you can have multiple. You can try, you can try you out Cody, different tutors as well. Right. So Cody, our friend, our friend Cody here, he's a fellow italki tutor. He teaches... English primarily, but also mm-hmm. Spanish, French, and German. No, I, I don't teach Spanish. French sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, but it's still pretty good. You could teach French, maybe, but mostly English, German, and sp- Spanish. A little bit of Spanish as well. Yeah, yeah. and Chinese. Okay. I've got I've got a couple of Chinese classes now. Nice, nice oh. as well. So, so Nick, I can truly recommend this service. Like, if you're just if you're if you're busy, I know you're busy. I'm busy too. But, but, you know, like I, I usually take my classes, I put on my schedule on, on the weekends because on the weekends I'm less busy. So I tend to focus mostly on engineering during the, the weekdays. And then weekends I go hard at languages. Like yesterday I just throw, I was doing a bunch of like rendering stuff and, and making figures, you know, for publications or whatever. And then while I was doing that, I just threw on, I listened to like five hours straight of Mexican podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> just going hard and then i had my italki class in the evening so i can that that lifestyle i can definitely recommend it mm-hmm. yeah but nick, nick how do you practice your languages like what like you said working at the grocery store like that seems pretty awesome actually thinking about it like just how many interactions you'd have on a daily basis but like what other things are you doing to try and keep it up like because we talk a lot about maintenance on this uh show like the different ways to upkeep and keep learning one's languages. So any specific strategies or tips? Yeah, it's funny that you said italki. So I, I, I actually am a Spanish tutor, but I haven't okay. used that service. Um, but and I, I tutor just for eighth grade, actually, specific. Nice. So I have like two tutees or tutoree, tutorees. I'm not sure how to say that, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, two students that I teach. Um, that's actually been really helpful and it's primarily like, you know, lower tier Spanish, right. but uh, just to kind of, you know, continuously have to think about the, the grammar and think about some of the more like logistical aspects of Spanish, I think help. And then when, you know, when I'm at the grocery store out, you know, out, outdoors somewhere, that's more of this, the informal, you know, very conversational Spanish. Um, both the French, it's been, you know, very you know, hit or miss, you know, sometimes yeah. I have motivation to like, oh, the best thing I've been doing is like similar to a podcast where it's just 
you know, literally I type in like YouTube, you know, French conversations or just kind of just right. listening to people talk in French. And that's, uh-huh. you know, that's good I for me. That. Uh-huh. Yeah. Studying is like, you know, if I have motivation. So I try, I try to have motivation. <laughs> do you know, do you know yeah. Hugo from Inner French? Hugo, is that, is that one of the people that's, that does that, um, to learn with the French conversations or something. He does have a YouTube channel as well as a podcast. So. Oh, c'est le meilleur. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, oui. Yeah, that's that's curious what you said about teaching because you're right. Uh, like I find the same thing. Like I teach high school Spanish, and it's not the most advanced level Spanish. Like it's not native levels at all, but I do find it keeps me uh, keeps me fresh. I think like having to. Like they just know it's kind of like they say like a music teacher like if you want to stay good at music teach it because that way you got to be even better kind of thing so I think that's like similar with languages uh, if you're teaching it like oh I got I got to be like on the ball today because if I don't have an explanation with me or if I don't if I'm missing words it is kind of hilarious when you do miss words sometimes because languages are so many words yeah. but yeah I do think it's a great teaching is a great way to maintain actually yeah i have the same experience because actually my, like the way um like my conversational german is actually really good right now because most of my classes that aren't english are for german and um the way that i teach i'm very similar to ian where i stick to like 90 to 95 percent target language so i unless they're an absolute beginner then yeah. most of my classes like i'm in the target language and we're just like if they really are struggling with something i'll kind of explain it in english but most of the time we're just talking in german and i find that's like even though it's like more basic uh vocabulary and stuff like that yeah you're absolutely right it still helps with uh maintaining and getting that fluidity uh still fresh in your brain so that's good where where do you teach nick uh just virtual um zoom tutoring right now Right, but what's the platform? How do you find your students? Oh, I've used care.com, which is like, it's not just for languages, but a lot of people are on there as language tutors. It's like an all around tutoring site, you know, math, science, whatever. Huh, you should check out, you should check out italki then. That might be yeah, you, get a, for you. you get a lot more than two students if you go on italk. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, I would check that out. That sounds great. Yeah, and Marcus will make you a sweet promo video. Oh yeah, I'll make you a promo video. No, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm I'm um I'm um I'm trying to promote italki here because I'm I'm trying to get italki to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, yeah, italki is not paying us to advertise no they're not not yet i know we talk talk them up a lot but yeah oh man yeah that's why i'm pumping their tires (laughs) you know that would have been funny yeah yeah i would still check it out regardless you know yeah for sure sure. if you're getting commission you know i'll still no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) how do you so you said you teach uh eighth grader yeah, too. It's like, how do you find that age group? Because I find I, I teach high school levels so that are a bit older, but I got the kids, they get right into it at that age as well. Do you find it, it's there's like no studying habits at that age, I, you know, and I <laughs> yeah, really have it. so it's very hard to reinforce things that we do. Sorry about that. Things we do in uh-huh. the sessions, they're our sessions. 
um, it's hard to reinforce them because we're only meeting two, three times a week. You know, because right. they're, they're looking on it on their own time as well. So it's like, it's a lot of repetition, really, just really trying to hammer this in, like, the conjugation especially is the hardest part for them right right yeah because that's that's like where it deviates from english yeah mostly right (laughs) yeah that's where the language deviates yeah vocab wise yeah yeah i mean the the structure of the language like the whole the whole idea of conjugations barely exists in english yeah 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 yeah, it's it's really hard. Spanish one is just I I even remember that it's it's tough just being introduced to all this all these new words and new conjugations, and then you're trying to explain to them like these like expressions you can use and like you know hace que you know and you know hace tiempo like all this stuff and they're just like oh my gosh you know yeah Nick when did you start learning Spanish was that did you say high school. Oh yeah, it was it was like sophomore junior year. Okay, so you've done you've you've been actively learning Spanish now for how many years? Eight uh, or something? I, uh, seven, I think. Yeah, six, seven, eight, something like that. Seven or eight. And and so when you went to Costa Rica, was that the first kind of full immersion you had? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, so what do you think of that? And w- would you do it again? Are you trying to go? What was your level? Immerse yourself you again. My level. I see. That's the thing. Marcus said I was fluent. I was definitely not fluent. That was way too. Yeah, but generous. to me, no. to me back then, you were fluent. To me, like based on like where I was at. I'd say my level in, like, academic Spanish at that point was very high, but conversational Spanish wasn't quite that level. And in those. My those are different. That's something I can definitely attest to. Like also having studied languages in university. Like I know in the last podcast episode, we were talking about like when I went to Germany, like I could write a full on essay in German. But when I got there, I, I didn't know how to say have a good day. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, I'm just curious because I've been uh, there's a guy named Stephen Crash and I sent Marcus and Cody a video. I've been really into him last while. And he talked about how you should never go to another country like absolute beginner like you're just kind of asking for a disaster but from the sounds of it you had like that upper beginner intermediate like you said you had high academic spanish so that sounds like the right level to be going to a country and in my own retrospect that's kind of my spanish was that middle middle-ish beginner when i went to nicaragua so so okay when you went to costa rica you weren't like starting from scratch. You were kind of hitting the ground running and then be able to build on what you had. Yeah. I guess at that point it was just trying to adapt to the, the new sounds, you know, the new sayings, expressions. Uh, But no, I could definitely hold a conversation and it's just at that point, it was way easier to talk about like more philosophical concepts in Spanish (laughs) to talk about, you know, Oh, how is this, uh, you know, task going to be done that we're going to work on today, you know, or something like that. If, if that ever came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I figure I, I assume like, I'm just trying to, I'll pose this to all you guys through question, like to go to a country and not speak any, I think it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Or, or at least you're going to be like so overwhelmed and drowning that you're not going to. I mean, yeah. it depends how long you're staying for. But I think something, something, you need some kind of raft to be on. 
Yeah, this is something I want to talk about. This. this is something that I experienced when I was in China because I saw, so the school that I taught at, there were a lot of foreigners there. So I got to see all the different kinds of characters that come to a foreign country yeah. and, uh, the, and just like how they interact with the language. And yeah, if, if they came to China with no knowledge of Chinese, there was a 95% chance that they were all going to say, oh, yeah, like, I'd love to learn. And then some of them might try. Some of them might not even start. And for, of the ones that do start, like, almost all of them just give up within a few weeks, maybe a month. Uh-huh. And only the most purely dedicated will really, like, I know one guy. How many are um, there, those, though? Not very many. Like, uh-huh. I, I only know one, like, one of one of my good friends, actually, um, he uh, didn't know any Chinese when he got there. And he actually speaks pretty decently now. But that's because he's a very dedicated, very yeah. disciplined person. And you need to be like that. Because uh, if you're just like going there for some kind of experience, like, no, nah, it's not going to happen. You, you need to learn that base before you go. Because everyone um, that did come with a base, like uh, like yeah. myself and a few other people that I know, all of our Chinese skyrocketed. Yeah. Because once yeah. we got there, like we had that, once you have that foundation, like it's just so easy to just take it and like blast it get off, going, right? Get going. Okay, but guys, I still, I still, I still don't 100% agree here because I went to, to Latin America with zero Spanish. Yeah, but you're base. a very disciplined, dedicated person. <laughs> that's, <right? laughs> that's not, yeah, that's what but I you say, have man. to be a very disciplined, dedicated person to learn any language. Not, not everybody is like that, though. Yeah, so they're not gonna. No, no, this is interesting. Take off. No, I'm I'm all for counter examples. So then, like, what did you do? Okay, so Costa Rica, Marcus, that was the first Spanish. Well, so so Nick is my my um, testigo, my testigo (laughs) here. So Nick, when you when you met me first, when you met me first, my Spanish was una mierda, una mierda. (laughs) I I was trying, and and I remember just looking up to you guys because you you and Mac were like talking to. Uh, to Andres, 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 ¿cómo se llama el chico? Nacho. Nacho, Nacho, you guys were yeah. shooting the shit. And I was like, ah, oh, quiero hablar con ustedes. Yeah. I just couldn't, like, I was so frustrated. Um, and so, so obviously, like, I put in a lot of work and I, I, I listened to, I put on the, did the Pimsler program and YouTube videos, podcasts, look at sea, whatever, right? And, um, uh and and it just took off from there right because yeah. i just w- i went hard every single day yeah and and nick you remember me like i was going really hard but i still like in the beginning your your wheels are spinning like you're you're not getting any traction like it's very hard to get started but then i kept you went away you went back to the states and i kept doing my thing in costa rica and then eventually i went to colombia and then one day one day, one beautiful day in Colombia, I just felt like everything connected. It just clicked for Your me. Your click moment. It was my click moment. And then like all of a sudden, I didn't, I, I just, I was able to speak with fluidez. Like with, I, I, I essentially attained a certain level of, of fluidity, which allowed yeah. me to, to communicate somewhat freely. Right. right? So you but built it, it But it took country. months. It took months. Not many months, but it took months. Yeah, yeah I, I can definitely yeah. attest to that. Like, he, right. I have never seen anybody, like, I've heard of people learning languages, you know, so-called languages in one month, 
but Marcus was like the fastest, you know, like quickest, you know, just absorbing the Spanish. I was like, like my gosh, like just absolutely, you know, I mean, we would call each other after that Costa Rica trip and, you know, talk in Spanish and just it, the level of conversation was like so much higher just, I mean, within a few months after we had met. Yeah, but man, man, you should hear me now. Like I'm super Castellano because <laughs> I yeah. speak Spanish every day, man. Every day I go to work, speak Spanish all day. That's all I do. Yeah. So it's, it's like, I'm telling you this full immersion thing, that's the way to do it. Exponential growth. Yeah, absolutely. Immersion. And yeah, you gotta, you gotta work hard. You gotta put in the time. And uh, Nick, you just mentioned that like some of these YouTubers put up videos like, Oh, like I learned like fluent whatever in like seven days. And like, I actually, I re- that really bothers me when I see things like that. Cause it's so misleading to people who are like looking into learning a language for the first time. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's, it's very, it's very uh, disingenuous. And uh, boys, if we ever like make it big with the podcast, can we, promise to never make videos like Grandes, that. Grandes Ligas, <laughs> Icelandic in minus three minutes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't like that. It's yeah. very dishonest. It's very dishonest. And yeah. and all yeah. these companies that claim that they can teach you a language in, in two months is also very dishonest. It's very oh, dishonest. It's, yeah. Because here's the thing. I, I, list, I actually listened to, you guys know the Steve Kaufman video podcast episode I sent you? So, so oh, basically he, yeah, he broke it down in a way that I, that I really like. So he said, okay, if you study, if you go hard out of language, a couple hours every day for four months, for example, I'm not going to say that you're going to be fluent, but you're going to be very satisfied with your progress. That's what he said. Yeah, you're going to have, uh, yeah. you're going to have a, a certain, le- you, you, you're going to be able to attain a certain level of comprehension, a certain level of, of, of um, speaking ability. But but you're not going to be fluent, like you said. Don't even word the F word, right? Siebel, <laughs> it's, that, the it's, F word. it's that F word, man. <laughs> don't ever bring up the F yeah. word when you're trying to when you're trying to learn to uh, learn a language, right? Yeah, I think it's I like I got it's all in retrospect now. Maybe I'm lucky because when I decided I'm gonna learn Spanish, I was in Cuba. I was like, I saw my Saskatchewan friends doing it. I was like, ah, I have to do this. And maybe I'm lucky that I never like went on to YouTube and was like, hey, how do I learn Spanish? How do I do this? I just decided Spanish is the thing I'm doing. I didn't pay attention. I didn't even know what the word polyglot meant till I was about to teach my first Spanish class. Like I was oblivious to all that. I was just focused on this is the language I want to learn. I went kind of the traditional route, did it through university and then going to Nicaragua, like that we talked about that rocket ship blowing off. But I do agree that I think maybe a first, a person trying to get into it now, there's so much, like you said, misingenuous, misleading videos that it could totally throw off your perceptions of what it actually does take to, to do that. So maybe that is, more of a problem nowadays than 2010 when I started doing Spanish. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, with the whole internet thing. Don't get me wrong. There's a ton of (laughs) great, awesome content now as well. But I'm just saying, well, the internet was around 2010, obviously. No, but it's it's this whole thing of commodifying language learning. Yes. And which obviously like people trying to sell you stuff, sell Mm -hmm. you programs and sell you. Yeah, yeah, language learning services. Both language learning and the internet have radically changed in the past decade. Totally, totally. Yeah. So. But I mean, 
for me, like I, I love, I like my phone is such a useful language tool. I don't know if you guys can relate oh. to this or not, but yeah. today, for example, so I, I told you in the beginning of the pod or earlier that I've, I'm, I've, I've, I'm, I've, um, trying to revive my French to recuperate my French. So I have Nick, I haven't done any French for the past four to six months. Cause I've been completely focused on Spanish, Castellano and a little bit of Catalan. I've been dabbling a little bit in Catalan as well. But, but today I made a, I just woke up in the morning and I was like, okay, today I'm starting French. I got, I got to get my French up to a, to a, to a fluent level right now. It, it would be my goal. I'd like to get my French up to my Spanish within the next two to three years, two years, hopefully. I think that'd be sick. But I just woke up today and I was like, okay, today I'm going to do French. So I went for a three hour walk around the city here in Barcelona. The weather's great. Right. So I was just out enjoying the sun, taking in the sun. So I threw on some Pimsler. So I, I, I've already completed the Pimsler program in French, but I threw it on again. Right. Because I need to that's, Never. I find that I, fi- I find that the best way to to go from a complete beginner level to 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 kind of take off in the language and get into the step to step into the intermediate realm. I, I feel like Pimsler is the best way to do that. So I'd say right now that I'm definitely beginner again. But but at one point when we were going to the meetups, false beginner weekly false. Yeah. When we were going into false beginner. Exactly. But when we were at one point when we were going to the meetups weekly and we were speaking French uh, for for one, two hours every week, then I felt like I was I was knocking on the door of intermediacy intermediacy <laughs> can you um, hear me knocking yeah. right right but I, i'm definitely i've i've fallen back to, to beginner level now so so I'm, I'm i'm trying to i'm trying definitely to come back but where i was going with this was that so what i do essentially the pimsler it's only um sound right you're just listening the entire time but right. i always have my phone up and i have the the google translate mostly google translate but i have a bunch of other dictionary and, and verb conjugation apps open so I use that, I use those things together. So the Pimsleur program, and every time I'm, I'm, I listen to something that I don't really understand how it, I can't really differentiate between the sounds, the different words. So like I say, I always put up my, my, my Google Translate up and I, I type it up in Google Translate and I, and I, and I kind of, um, I try to verify what I just heard in text, right? So I'm always back and forth. And if there's a verb that I don't, or a word or a verb that I don't understand, what verb tense they're using. I don't understand the meaning of the word. I'm always on my phone, always, always on my phone and I'm looking it up. Right. And it could be like, sometimes, sometimes I just get a word in my head. Like for example, the other a couple of weeks ago, I just had disempeñar, desempeñar in my head in Spanish, but I couldn't remember what it was called. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember uh, the definition of the word. So I just looked it up on my phone. Right? It was coming and up some- frequently. No, yeah, no, I just had it in my head. It just, it was coming oh, okay. up frequently, but I just had it in my head and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out, I couldn't remember what, it, what, what it meant. Right. So, so the point I'm trying to make is that it's so useful to have this phone in your pocket all the time to look up these things. Right. Cause oftentimes I'm just walking around and I'm like, Hmm, I wonder how you say this in French. I wonder how you say this in Spanish. How do you say this in Italian? Right. Sometimes I just look up random phrases on my phone in Italian because I'm curious about how you say them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's yeah. such a privilege. It's such a useful tool to have this thing in your pocket, your phone and, and be able to, to constantly, like instantly, instantly learn. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a little different though. Like I've been doing a ton of Germans in the morning, just like listening to two easy German podcasts every morning. And 
uh, recently it was the word uh, trotzdem. Yeah, trotzdem. Trotzdem. <laughs> coming up and coming up. And I was just waiting for my brain to figure it out, figure it out. And like after three days, like, okay, I'm going to look up this bloody word because like, and yeah, nevertheless. But like, that's because, but it was like such frequently, the frequency was high. That way I was like, okay, I'm going to look this up now. Because other things, I let slide because if it's like a, that word, I've heard it, but it doesn't seem relevant. Like I'm very biased to if the word's relevant or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I think I need to I need to take a little bit more of Marcus's approach because um, I don't I shouldn't have done this because like I was I was dry yesterday I was driving and I was listening to a Korean podcast that was a little a little too advanced for me like it was a bit more than L plus one like I wasn't understanding a lot of it uh -huh. and you know when you listen to something like that and you don't have your phone because I was driving so I couldn't look at my phone right so I was just listening and trying to understand everything. And like, I was like, oh my God, like, I don't understand anything. And like all, but like, you just catch like a few words that you know, or a few like sounds and something that kept coming up. And Ian, you should know this in, in Korean, they were using formal language. So I kept hearing at the end of every sentence. And it was starting to piss me off. I was like, what the hell are these people yeah. saying? You just know what register they're speaking in. Yeah, so I kept like I kept recognizing like I was like okay verb that's a verb that's a verb but what freaking verb is that so yeah. I was like I just gave up I was like screw this I'm gonna listen to some music <laughs> yeah it's a balance I think because the thing is like if I don't know if you're reading and you're looking up a word every other word you're gonna forget the context of what you're reading in so I find comprehensible input that's why you got to find material inputs, where you understand 80 percent or 90 percent yeah and exactly. you look up the 10 like l plus one whatever you want to call it um i don't know nick are you into the big theory side of language learning like all the different theories or schools of thought so to speak or do you just kind of just do your thing like when it comes to learning language like because I, I lately I've been like I love learning about the theory. Maybe it's because I'm a teacher of the language, like the whole theory is behind it, or you just kind of like just puts it into action type of guy. Um, you have to introduce me. Like when you say theory, kind of what do you can you explain? What you're talking well, this comprehensible input theory, for example, like this is what I've been into lately. Where uh, Stephen Krashen's been he's been making me more and more anti grammar every day. Uh, maybe something we can get into um how like his school of thought is uh you should always be uh finding a material intriguing material that's making you understand it more and more without uh looking kind of underneath the hood of the language and the different grammar structure because his argument is that only like 5% of the population really likes grammar and that everyone else like hates it or doesn't care about it. So what's a way to get those 95%? His theory is this comprehensible input where you're using stories, actions, pictures, different ways people to unconsciously learn the grammar kind of thing. So even as you as a tutor, I don't know what you might think of basically his thing is like, don't like learn a little structure and then go practice it. It's like his is uh, 
practice something a lot and then maybe go back and look at what structure was inside of it. Yeah, I love that. I haven't even really tried to do anything like that. It's been very old school, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I think it's because, like you said, it, it probably, it worked for me and it's probably like the force of habit. Um, I right, right. Working for these two that well. Um, you know, cause it, because of the repetition and, and it's virtual and we're only meeting two times a week. So it's like, there's a lot of factors here at play, but I think I should consider that more, you know, that side of uh, learning. I would, I would highly, highly recommend it because uh, I come from like the more traditional old school method as well. Uh-huh. And um, I mean, what worked for me or what works for me may not necessarily work for everyone. And that's been something that I've been learning from teaching is like, cause yeah. I've, I've been going, I agree with Ian. I've been going more down this route with my own teaching and I find that the classes are just a lot more interesting when you focus on content instead of the um, actual material. Yeah. Deals. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Nick, I want to talk to you about your future plans for language acquisitions here. <laughs> what are they? What do you got planned, dude? Well, future plans are to really, really crack down on French and like try to. Cause I'm also like super rusty. I took those two classes and felt really, really good. Um, not then COVID happened. I was, I was hoping to go to France this summer, this past summer and uh, really immerse myself for like a month or something. But yeah, moving on, just really work on that, work on Ukrainian. Um, Cause eventually, Yo. you know, right. I, I was actually born in Ukraine. So I want to return one day and have, you know, like I can right. engage in my native tongue, you know, or whatever. <laughs> okay, this is the drum roll of the whole episode, actually. Uh, He's been waiting for this moment. Yeah, all right, we can. I've been like, waiting like, for this gotta, moment. Let's go. All right, man. So, okay, tell me all the, your connections to Ukraine. What have you looked at in the language so far? And, like, yeah, or, or even are you, this like, Ukrainian culture-wise? Because, yeah, like, we did a whole episode on, I did, like, I'm half Ukrainian, and uh i took a trip there three years ago and yeah it was like a deep dive with that so uh so you were born in the ukraine and nick yeah and you know where exactly yeah i was born in odessa oh okay right and then uh so how have you then you grew up in the states then obviously you told us so how has this been like uh something you've been a connection you've been Cause for me, it was always like, yeah, I know I'm Ukrainian, but it wasn't until I got into like language learning that I was like, oh, I'm going to like learn Ukrainian because I am half Ukrainian. So for you, is it something that that's been recently or is it something you've always wanted to do with the Ukrainian language and Ukrainian culture, like kind of expand it in your life? Yeah, it's always been there. Um, but I just haven't felt like the confidence to actually pursue it until recently. It okay. wasn't this past, like, you know, summer that I really felt that uh it was something to do with graduating college and i was like okay i'm finally ready or whatever <laughs> uh, right yeah 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 yeah. because there's some points in your life where it's like okay this is something to take on now so so what have you looked at so far what's been your impression of ukrainian or ukrainian culture uh it's in well i haven't really like i'm not too familiar with ukrainian culture um you know so i was adopted when i was three um, okay. I don't really have too much knowledge of 
the country uh, from a cultural standpoint. Right. And from the language, what I've gathered is that it's extremely difficult. <laughs> Mountains are very unorthodox to me. And grammar for me is not going to be the way to go. I can't, like, I've been attempting to just, like, you know, begin with, you know, just like you would with, like, Spanish, for example. Like, you yeah. see it and you're like, okay, well, let me start with present tense and, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The steps of it. Um, yeah, I was doing a lot of just, like, listening at first, and I still kind of am. And I had a pen yeah. pal up until a couple months ago, and we were, like. In Ukraine? Yeah, yeah. I, there's something called another thing that's really useful. I think is uh, pen pals nowadays. That's a free way to you know meet someone that might be in the same position. Yeah. And you can like trade, you know, trade languages or whatever. This person wanted to learn English. She had a really good English foundation, which helped because I didn't have a Ukrainian foundation. But she, um, you know, we worked for like two months. But I, that's again, I haven't really looked at it in like a month or so but yeah yeah um the my language exchange i don't know if you guys have heard of that or inner pals inner pals mm -hmm. that's yeah because basically like a language exchange except for writing yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's tons of language exchange websites out there okay but nick nick do you have a contact person in, in ukraine or no uh do you know anyone I don't know anyone like family wise. Yeah. Right. I, um, yeah, that's part of the goal, you know, to learn Ukrainian eventually maybe find like my mother would have been the one that would be in Ukraine right now. And then my father, it's debatable just because it appears that he was an exchange student, like a foreign exchange student. So he may or may not still be in that. Country. Um, but oh. Yeah, the goal would be to probably find my biological mother and then be able okay. to actually like, speak with her, assuming that she doesn't speak English, but she could. I mean, there's there's no way to know. So, so I'm going to go ahead and, and reference our previous podcast here, explaining Ukrainian. I don't remember what pod, what, what number. Episode 8, right? So, so basically what Ian did. Ian, I don't want to, I just want to quickly um, yeah. brief yeah, yeah. Nick on, on, on what the, the, the thesis of the episode. So, so Ian you went you found your biological or you have you you're in contact with your your family back yeah then. via right? family here in canada yes yeah. yes so you have a connection you had a pre-established connection yeah. with your yeah, your right. family right. over in, in in the ukraine so you went over there you learned ukrainian and then you uh -huh. went over there to have what was it dias no what was the, the what's yeah. the name for this type of type of trip well i am a diaspora yes diaspora exactly diaspora 100 years ago right right so so you did, did your diaspora trip yep yeah right so that's what it's called it. so he like went back the, there like a roots trip or a heritage trip whatever you want to call it right oh, you did your diaspora trip back yeah. there to, to go in and actually meet your your family yeah. your extended family over there but i knew that would it would only be the experience that it was if i had the language it was wow, the key absolutely. the language was 100 percent the linchpin Right. So it sounds like you want to do something similar, Nick? Yeah. I mean, essentially the same thing. Um, and just like, just go, you know, I, I mean, I, that's always been something I've been afraid of, afraid of, like, uh, like facing, you know, the, uh -huh. the thought of like being there again, like, cause I would want to do it by myself. Right. And, uh, 
no, actually having that and like you come full circle, like from not knowing it, starting there, oh. not knowing it, and then coming back and knowing it. You know what yeah, I mean? So that, I thought, yeah. Yeah. That'd be incredible, man. So Ian, how many years did you prepare for that? I I did 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 take me a while, uh like four years. So from Pimsler to uh I had three or four tutors in Edmonton. Like it was and, and Italki. Uh Italki. Italki baby. Italki. Yeah, like I I understand. So Nick, are you finding right now? Because I found Ukrainian <laughs> uh, like the Cyrillic alphabet's actually not bad, but I found it intimidating with the uh, cases with the nouns in it and uh, the first year was just absolute frustration for me because this was like spanish and french didn't treat me this way <laughs> like yeah. it was like what in the hell is going on with these nouns and like i just threw the book away like the first year off and on but so it was it was it was more of like a gargantuan it felt tougher it definitely felt tougher but arguably more rewarding when i made breakthroughs with it and i mean it took four years because i was still in school i was working and you know i could have accelerated it here and there more often but i found yeah like a cyrillic language or sorry a slavic language it's just it has a little more curveballs if you're a english speaker um but i think what did give me confidence and i hope it can be the same I, I did Spanish and French previously. So that was my momentum of being like, no, I am a language learner. That was my mentality. Like, I'm not just a Spanish and French speaker. Learner. I am a language learner. So that's what pushed me through with the Ukrainian. And yeah, I think, I mean, nowadays there's, there's I think there's better resources even than was that seven years ago when I started with Ukrainian. Uh, first of all, shout out. Uh, she's a guest that I actually like to get on the pod. She's the host of the Ukrainian Lessons podcast. Uh, her name's Anna. Great organized show. Like season one starts at like an A1 level and builds up from there. But yeah, man. So I don't, I don't know what resources you're using or like you said, time, time's an issue too. But uh, like when we talked earlier in the show, like I definitely built up my base before going. But um, so is this a, is this an aspiration you have like in the near near future and a few years from now? Like, do you feel like you have a timeline or a goal set for it? It would definitely be, I'd say like three years plus. Okay, I don't, yeah. I don't see it. It's, it's more of a longer longer term goal, but sometime around probably like twenty five, like okay. before I'm thirty for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah, I would. Just, that's kind of how I treated it too. Cause I, I didn't even know when I started Ukraine, I was like, I don't even know exactly when I'm going to go get to go do this, but the opportunity eventually came and yeah, I mean, this, I mean, this could be for anyone in their, whatever language they're doing, but Ukraine, it's, it's, uh, it's such a, I mean, and then now we're doing some Russian with it. it like any learn one Slavic language, kind of like any romance language, it'll anchor you to take on any other language. So the rewards are, Oh, it's just any language family, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, that's just, yeah, Ukraine, man, just because it's like my jam, I still feel like. And I, I'm even at, I'm, I'm having like a little renaissance of my own Ukrainian because after I did do my <laughs> my trip, I let it like slide, let it rust for a bit. And now coming at, kind of like Marcus and his French, 
like knock off the rust false beginner and uh it's been super fun to revive a language too but i would advise keep forging ahead because it's yeah and ukraine's fast i was only there for a week actually so uh like i got so much more to, to see it gives me a lot of hope though like hearing what you just told me okay you know, it's possible awesome. you know especially very similar background for language so uh-huh. i can yeah you can do it man easy yeah oh yeah like super yeah <laughs> ukraine man it's well even just even hearing about the ukraine lots and the states like i know it's like the whole political side and everything but Every time I just like, ah, oh, man, people need to see the cultural and like the actual country of Ukraine. Like, if you're, people are missing out on that, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a lot you can actually. This brings me. I want to comment on something that you mentioned uh, earlier, Ian. How you said that um, when you went to Ukraine, like learning the language was like the bedrock for wanting yeah. to like interact with your family, right? I couldn't have done it. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I think a lot of people who don't speak another language don't who don't speak another language don't realize how much how alienating it can be when you're in a foreign country and you don't speak their language. Like uh-huh. um, this is something I experienced myself when I was in Thailand and Japan, and also um, just uh, just I, I talk about China a lot just because I was there for a long time. But this is something that I saw on other people's uh, like the expressions on their faces, like other foreigners. And I think like when you, when you don't speak a language and you go to that country and you listen to people talk and like, you need people to translate for you. It's like, it's almost like you don't see the locals as people. It's like, like they just like these, these objects and you, you just have no way to relate to Bro, them. Agreed. Agreed. hundred percent. Like, yeah. You might be able to do like facial expressions and stuff like, but you can, there's no way to connect to them. And I find when, um, when you actually speak them in their language, like you can tell the people just light up and they're like, whoa, oh, my language. And like, absolutely. you have that, like you have that bridge that you can cross to actually connect with them. And well, I'm, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry. I, I was going to say, I think, I think language barriers are, are essentially the, the um, it's the root of xenophobia in the world. I think that's yeah. why, why people look down at other cultures is basically because they can't understand them. And it's literally because they can't understand them because they speak different languages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's if my I'm theory. If I'm not mistaken, this could be a Ulair moment, but um, um, barbarian comes from barbar, which is just means foreign tongue in uh, Latin, maybe? I'm I heard that. checking you. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> you're gonna make Ian look bad <laughs> wait, wait does that does that mean like barbados is like uh the land of oh shit. no i don't know what that etymology me uh no Bar- barbados looks awesome yeah all the rich hockey players go golf there uh yeah okay all right so so nick ukraine that's big for you any other countries even like well, okay with yeah. French, do you have a like any like country destination goals with that? Um, I would like to do an Asian mm. language. I just don't know which one. Yeah, I uh I would probably 
be between Hindi and um, Ooh. Yeah. obviously like Mandarin Chinese because those are the big ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know where I would start. I mean, I- I'm trying to have some sort of like chron- chronology here and like, you know, right. some right, right, right. And I, because, you know, there's some people that can do kind of two simultaneously. I, I don't want to do that if I can. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to be a certain person Ian, to be able to do that. Ian does like 10. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I an, hour. an hour. The dab of power hour, baby. <laughs> 15 minute, 15 minute different length, 15 minutes of different languages for an hour. That is like, you know, Pad pending. <laughs> In Rainer, <laughs> that's that's too much for mere mortals like us. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, it's all what you enjoy, but yeah, it, cr- there is a nice chronology part to it. Like if you looked at at the end of this, and you look at like your book of languages in life, then yeah, Spanish was chapter one, French chapter two yeah. for me, Germans arguably chapter four now like for the big big like a big big goal with it attached to it um but then for free time with the just the availability of resources nowadays if people are curious you can go crazy with some of this stuff like you can learn five words a day in 30 languages like if you want to go crazy that's not (laughs) you want to if you want to so but yeah yeah folk i think that folk that's the thing that that is the problem with poly like languages polyglottery is there's too many flavors in the ice cream store yeah that's true like i i remember watching this one i think lindy botes put this video out a while ago she had like this language goal list for her she had like 40 languages on there i was like that like just looking at that Uh, headache i was like oh 2021 was you had six on it well, there was another one I saw. It had a ridiculous amount. Yeah, but like, what are your goals in those languages, though? Like five words a day, even that might be crazy, but it's not being like, I'm going to be C2 by July or something. Like, I think if you, it's just how much, I don't know. I could get into what the whole dabble mentality is like. I know. Yeah, this is this is yeah, I know this is two different mentalities just talking at each other right now. So Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just saying it's sweet. <laughs> you can have it also hurts. That's the quote no of the doesn't. pod. That's no the quote doesn't. of the episode. How does it hurt? <laughs> it's just it's just too much. It's too much. Well, no, but it's all, if you're comfortable with your pace, <laughs> then you're comfortable with your pace. Like, Nick, Nick's a runner. Like, I've, I've done marathons. Like, I mean, like, this is my pace. This is what I'm going at. This is what I'm finished. I'll finish the race at this ETA, this estimated time. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, and then, because if you, it's so fun dabbling, man. You feel like you're in an airplane in your brain every every time you're jumping from one language to another like oh i mean i'm in indonesia for three minutes now i'm in the philippines now i'm in thailand now i'm in bermuda or bermuda uh burma like yeah yeah myanmar yeah well don't be afraid to doubt myanmar what, what do they speak in bermuda is that english burmese <laughs> oh, no, he said bermuda. what's a firmish 
It's a former um, English colony. Yeah, so they speak English. No, they speak Burmese. Is... Uh, yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. Burmese, Burmese Python or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Orwell wrote a book, Burmese Days, because he was a huh. colonial outpost there. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's all a pace here. Yes, you if you were fully dedicated, one because uh, Seabolt uh, speaks. Shout out! Hopefully, you can get on the show here soon. He does his uh, this last week on Twitter. He did his forty hours of immersion challenge in one week. So that's the that's the don't dabble mentality. You're going to do forty languages of some kind of immersion in that one language, which I, I'd totally be down for trying that too. It's just for me on a week to week basis, it's like ah no, I'm, I want to do fifteen minutes of this, do fifteen minutes of that. Yeah, you know what? Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, and it totally floats my boat. <laughs> but uh, I love it, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people can like take in that fifteen minutes, like, and that be like, you know, compounding versus like maybe someone like oh. me might take in fifteen and just only absorb like you know ten percent of it. But uh, it's still, yeah, I also agree. It's like it's really nice to just have that that breadth, just be able to experience, you know. Yeah. One, you know. Oh yeah. Like, um, there's an amazing guy on YouTube, Moses McCormick, and his dabbling. Well, he does like in-depth dabbling, but he can he speaks so many languages, and he'd probably admit they're like to A1, A2 levels. But he goes out into the supermarkets, and I think he lives in Ohio, and just seeing him riff in like 10 different languages in one YouTube video, I was like, oh my God. Wait, <laughs> like, no, I think I know who you're talking about. He's a black guy with the yeah. beard. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh he does like uh, that hat that yeah. we used to back in the day. Just get him on the pod. <laughs> oh yeah, he's, love to. He speaks what, like probably like five or six Asian languages, I think, right? Yeah, his wife's Chinese. So I know yeah. I think his Mandarin is the highest. Definitely Mandarin. Uh, Chinese, or excuse me, there's definitely Thai. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember the other ones. He, oh, he has so many. Yeah. There's, yeah. 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 Can't even, can't even think it's, of them. I, you know, I he does because you, and his YouTube channel's got like a million subscribers and yeah. at least. And it's so funny because he'll be like talking to some guy like in Somalian really randomly and they'll be like, when did you go to Somalia? And yeah, just like, like, were you there? Oh, like, no, I never, never. I don't think he leaves Ohio really often. <laughs> like, he, like, just goes to the you should now with that YouTube though. But uh, yeah, it's he's he's my inspiration for dabbling because you're like that guy is having a blast in so many contexts and places. Yeah, like, I'm just that's my exhibit A of like this is fun. This is really, really fun. And he gets it to like a very workable level too. He's like um, actually able to maintain his humor too. That's that's one of the oh, hardest yeah. parts. I think it's like he's so <laughs> funny. Like he's actually making these people laugh and it's not like Oh a, yeah, he half the thing is him like it, laughing, you know? like the, from the yeah. reactions he's getting. Yeah. Yeah. So but don't don't forget about your main languages too, folks. That's uh that too. You gotta maintain. I can yeah. mantenerlos. I can mantenerlos. For excellence. I can hacerlo. I can hacerlo. See, sí. Ex Excelsior, I, I, Excelsior. That was my Latin dab this week. 
higher and higher ex Chelsea. Ah. <laughs> you're crazy um, dude you're crazy you're, <laughs> you're nuts or right, in folks yeah do we want to do we want to keep going for a little bit or what time we got we, what time we got marcus we're we're almost going like an hour and a half 90 minutes almost nice how are you feeling it's cody you want to say something oh yeah i guess just to finish um one of my favorite expressions in chinese is how how shang and that means okay. The I think the the best literal translation that Chinese people told me all the time was "good, good study, day, day up." <laughs> <laughs> what? There we go. <laughs> but it, 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 it kind of means like practice makes perfect. Oh, perfect! Practice yeah, makes perfect. Yeah, there you go. You hear it. Hey, Nick, it was a pleasure having you on the pod. And yeah. uh, you know what, dude? We'll do this again in a year, and we'll check in on your Ukrainian, right? Yeah, you know, I'd love to do that. Yeah, there. we'll do that. We'll 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 hold you accountable to it. Nick yeah. and from Ukrainian Lessons Podcast and I. It's gonna tap right. right. Give us a Thank year you. or two. We'll have we'll have an it's explaining fun. Ukrainian tone. <laughs> yeah, we'll get Lee. Lee will drop in. We'll get Lee on as well. Our buddy Lee who speaks fluent Ukrainian. Oh really? Yep. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, fun. boys, super fun. Uh super fun. What do we got coming up, boys? I think next week we're gonna do a or whenever we do our next show, uh, podcast, pod pod, all about the pod podcasts. pod. <laughs> yes, the pod so, pod. You like you like podcasts, Nick? Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan. You know, just started my own actually. Oh, um, what do you? You have what? a podcast, dude? Yeah, plug that. Not not as plug big. I mean, just a plug, but it's we only have two episodes right now. I'm working on the third one, totally. but it's uh, it's literally just about um, you know, whatever. Re- whatever conversations arise as related to videography that my friend and I are doing. So, so Nick, it, I forgot. I, I, oh. Yeah. What's it called? It's called, first ex, of all. It's called Explorers Radio. Explorers, Explorers Radio. Radio. Explorers this is Radio on, on Spotify and, and iTunes or, and everywhere. everywhere. So not quite on all those platforms, just on my uh, Instagram and YouTube. Um, but they're both at Nick edition. Dude. So, so I, w- I wanted to bring this up because I forgot to mention it. You have a videography channel on YouTube. Uh, yeah, that's like one of my um, like passions is videography and photography. So I made my own video page on uh, you know all the main platforms. Right. I, I see your videos. I watch your videos every once in a while on on Facebook. So yeah, they're they're great. So yeah, I'll definitely oh. check those out. All right, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Awesome. All about those collabs, eh? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All about yeah. those collabs. That's sick, though, man. That's sick. Maybe you could help us out with some some video stuff later. Yeah. Maybe if if you guys ever need anything edited, or just like maybe some input on intros. Or so, something. so so my yeah, thing we can talk about this. Game needs to step up. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I love editing. I I do a bunch of editing. Uh, but we can talk about that later. But like one thing I want to talk to you about later is that when I look at all these um, podcast, like the big famous podcasts online, when they have when they do it in a studio, like it's very important because now we're using Zoom. And it's very important that the the camera is is focused on the person that's speaking. That's something very important for the production of the podcast, right? So the problem that we're having is that when we're when we're doing our podcast in person, we just have one camera that's static, 
doesn't move. It doesn't change focus or whatever. So I need to find out a way to get multiple cameras that switch between people, different people that are speaking automatically. We can talk about this later, but th this is something that I think is crucial yeah. to have in person or podcasts in general that you, that you upload the video for, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I don't know how to do that, but there, there must be a way. There must be a way to, to figure that out automatically, but that's that's a thought on videography that I have. I will say I am not sure off the top of my head, but I would love to talk about that. You know, think about yeah. that too. We'll have to we'll have to think about oh, yeah. that. But hey, yeah, cool. So so what's the the channel called again? Nick Edition? Is that what you said? Yeah, so Nick Edition. Yeah, Black Friday. I'm actually releasing my website. So Snap. don't Sick, not going to give the domain away yet, but it's uh, <laughs> okay. Word. That's brand new. It has products on there. You can buy apparel from me. Um, I actually make custom longboards as well. Um, so way, so that's the way. Yeah, that's sick, so, dude. Uh, yeah, so it's 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 exciting. It's fun. It's a fun time. Just finally, you know, bringing something to life that feels real. You know, whereas I used, yeah. used to only be on Instagram, and now it's like it's really expanding. So it's it's pretty cool. Well, hey, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll plug you on our Instagram. Absolutely, We're the fastest man. growing Instagram in the world. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. Booming. Yeah, Booming. I'll, I'll follow you. Just tell me what the name is. I'll follow you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lingaholics Podcast. Lingaholics Podcast. That's where it's at. We got a bunch of really good content coming up on our Instagram. So, so yeah, that's that's definitely the page to follow from here on out. Okay. But, yeah, for, we'll, sure. for sure, man. We'll, we'll plug each other. That'll be great. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, man. Hey, yeah. Thank you, man. So, yeah, let's end it with that. Thanks, everybody.